Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Did you know that? Probably already knew. <laughs> Surprise! Why do we tell people? Do they not know? No, they know by now. Welcome. But if you're new, if you're new here, welcome. This is A Date yeah, with but Dateline. They already know. They clicked on it. Tonight, we're talking about jewelry and not pearl parties. It's a new kind of jewelry. Oh, I wish we were still talking about pearl parties. I know. If you don't know what a pearl party is, Google it. Yeah. Give it a bang. We're talking about an episode called The Necklace, which was season 29, episode 43. It aired on April 23rd, 2021, hosted by a fairly mellow Keith Morrison. Yeah. I liked it. He was like, I'm going to let the story tell the story this time. I feel like he wasn't as Keithy, except for one moment, which was great. With some attorneys. Yeah, Keith Light, Keith L-I-T-E. Yeah, that's perfect. In no way an inferior Keith, not implying that. No, this story also just, I mean, it starts with a bang and it just goes. I, yeah. I, It's the first time in a long time where the family kept trying to come in and talk to me and I was like, you have to close the door. Yeah. I was like, I just missed 30 seconds and now I got to go back because I don't understand what's happening. It's jam-packed at the beginning. It's jam-packed throughout, but really at the beginning, it's a lot of info. Yeah. Well, I've somehow weaned my recap down to bare bones. So hopefully this won't be a four-hour episode. Okay. We are in 2017, Pensacola, Florida. Mark it off the bingo cards. Nothing good happens in Florida. I'm sorry. Florida's amazing. For, for cases, yes. Yeah. And for weather. And some great people. We have friends that live there. It's fine. And if you love Disney, I think Florida's it, right? Yeah. We hear that the barometer was plummeting. You could feel it in the air. Hurricane Irma was coming. Oof. We see Al Roker. And I screamed, Al Roker, what are you doing on Dateline? Did he respond? No. I'm sorry. He, didn't. he never does. I've reached out many times. <laughs> He'll never come to my Valentine's Day party. <laughs> I make so, so much extra guacamole. I always have to throw it away. Hurricane Irma is coming, and this is literally the last time we're hearing about it. Mm -hmm. First 30 seconds of the episode, never mentioned again. Yeah. And it did horrible destruction, but not in this episode. The people are doing the destruction here. They are. Cassandra Waller is bunkering down for the hurricane that we're never going to hear about again. I said we're never going to hear about it again, but then we just heard about it. So I guess I think you need to. Yeah. Call me a liar. So Cassandra getting ready for the hurricane. It's the weekend. Her girlfriend, Taylor Wright, is moving in with her. Taylor goes out to run an errand and never comes back. I don't know about you, but I was thrilled to have some LGBTQIA plus representation on this show. Even on a murder show, representation matters. Yeah, it's our second time. Yeah, it's our second time. Years apart. Yeah. still good yeah. progress. But here's my question. So I'm sorry, Taylor is moving in the weekend that the hurricane is supposed to hit. Is that yeah, what I'm Yeah, it's not great timing. It's not great timing. It's also Cassandra's birthday weekend. So a lot's going on. A lot is happening. It's already a jam-packed weekend. All right. Okay. Yeah. The detective that we meet, have we seen him before? Yeah, looked really familiar. There was a few people in this episode that looked familiar. Him and someone in the district attorney's office later looked familiar to me. Okay, so if anyone knows, because that one detective looked so familiar to me. We've been in Pensacola before. So, I mean, there's a chance, right? Yeah. Are we surprised that this is Keith on this case and not Dennis? Can I just state the obvious? Because Dennis yeah. lives the Florida man. So Yeah, it's true. Not that Florida man, but he is a Florida man. 
I I'm not wouldn't be surprised if Dennis has a wild side and he is that Florida man that is in the paper every day. You shut your beautiful mouth. He is okay. not. Cassandra was worried because Taylor didn't come back. She calls the police. We meet, talk about an extraneous interview, a British reporter who- Aussie. Aussie reporter. Maybe. Yeah. An accented reporter mm-hmm. in Florida says she runs the story in the local paper and then that's all she- I wrote down all of her information because <laughs> like Sandra from the last, Sandy from the last episode. She's going to come back. She's going to be important. I was assuming that the adorable Aussie reporter, Emma Kennedy- was going to be a main interview and like they were showing the paper, like her going in the door and yeah. I thought she was going to become an intrepid Nancy Drew or something. No, but the camera crew went out and they interviewed, they spent half a day interviewing her for that one line, but it's Uh, okay. Maybe she had more and it just got cut for time. We had a lot to get through here. That's possible. Taylor is a former cop and current private investigator. So not a normal missing persons case. She knows how to handle herself against an attack, but she would also know how to disappear. Ooh. She, I, yeah, she was a tough girl. Basically, she's like half my size and could break all of my limbs. Yes. In just in her sleep. Like, even if we were joke playing around at a party, I might die. And she'd be like, what happened? Oh, like just in horseplay? Yeah, because she's just that tough. And she'd be like, we were just joking around. And they'd be like, Kimberly's arm just fell off. She seems like also extremely well coordinated, like the kind of person that could like jump from log to log without falling in the creek. Parkour, parkour. Yes. She seems like that person just is athletic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm very jealous of that. I would like to be that for just like one week of my life. Oh, yeah. They asked Cassandra to come in for an interview just to paint a picture. So we've already described Taylor kind of like. I think if the tomboy phrase is offensive because it implies girls are not supposed to something. Okay, but that is what she is. But that's what she is. Yes. Cassandra looks like a golf pro. She has her hair pulled back. Oh, she does. In the low pony and always with like a collared shirt. And like long shorts. And long shorts. Yeah. So Cassandra is the girlfriend. She's crying. She's very upset, but she's helpful to the police. She says they met online and it got serious fast. But then Cassandra found out Taylor was cheating. But then they somehow quickly get over it and they decide still a great idea to have her move in. Okay, not judging. Okay. Sure. Taylor had been very stressed out lately because Taylor used to be married to a guy named Jeff and they had gone through a very messy divorce and custody battle over their son. Yeah. And this was four days before this big court date. Mm -hmm. and she disappears. Taylor had run errands that day with an ex-CSI investigator, another tough cookie, Ashley. But Ashley looks like a girl auditioning for The Bachelor. 100%. Now, there's anything wrong with it, but Cassandra had texted, okay, there's so three girl names that I'm just going to have to get right every time. Okay. Let's see if I can do it. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Cassandra texts Taylor. Yes. How are you? Is everything going okay? Mm-hmm. Except it says every thong instead of everything. And I know Dateline is a news program and they don't want to alter the facts, but they could have changed. No. It said thong. 
No, but they're not going to do that. This is no, it's Dateline, Kimberly. This is accuracy. No, they do it all the time when there's a spelling error and then they they do the corrections. But not when they do the bubbles. Not if they're doing if they're doing just like text across the screen where it's like a fuzzy background and the white text types across the screen. But not when they're doing actual text bubbles. They don't do that. Yeah, you're right. They don't alter it. So now we're going to go through a 15 hour segment that felt like it was never going to end on this text chain that the girls were having. Get out your whiteboard. You're going to need to take notes. Yeah. I kind of just want to skip the whole thing. Because it was really painful to recap, but I'm going to I'm going to power through. Because you recapped it, you have to convey it because you took the time to do it. I'm surprised you did. I didn't. (laughs) I don't know if I would have. Well, I thought this is all going to become really important. So I'm trying to write down every word. Yeah, because at the beginning, they're giving you all this stuff that seems extremely important. But also, it does tell you who these people are in their relationship with each other, like very quickly. So yeah. that's one thing. I kind of figured out what their relationship are without the text. I'm trying to make you feel better. Let me. Thank you. <laughs> so Cassandra texts her girlfriend, Taylor, says, is everything okay? Every, is every thong okay? <laughs> that thong, the thong, thong, thong. And Taylor texts back, I'll tell you about it later. So Cassandra is like, that's really weird. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Then Ashley calls Cassandra and says, I'm kind of worried about Taylor. She's been crying a lot all day. We went horseback riding. I don't know. Something's off. What? Very strange. And then she left me, Ashley saying this, Taylor left because she wanted to go to a bar by herself downtown. And Cassandra's like, we were supposed to have dinner. That's weird. So Cassandra's writing her like, where are you? Are you just not going to respond? What's going on? Like, it's been all day now that she's been gone. And finally, Taylor texts back to Cassandra. I'll call you later. I'm so sorry. I'm not angry at you. I should have called. I'm just trying to get my life organized and back on track. And Cassandra's like, what does that mean? Like, we're moving in together this weekend. Please come home. Then Ashley, who is the interloper in this couple's relationship. Yeah. Is text Cassandra a screenshot of a text. I just. You got it. A text from Taylor to Ashley saying, I just need a few days to myself. Everything is okay. I'm not doing anything bad. It's just the move and the court date are a lot. Why Taylor texted that to Ashley instead of her girlfriend who she's moving in with? That's weird. It seems like a very passive aggressive move that you're saying you're not mad at Cassandra, but you are. That's why you're texting Ashley or Taylor from the text. What it seems like is she thinks Cassandra is going to be mad and yell at her, which she does. But like she thinks that's going to happen. So she's just texting Ashley because she knows Ashley won't yell at her and needs her space. That's what the texts read like. Well, so did she say to Ashley, tell Cassandra for me? No, I think she just assumed. Just assume she would say it. Yes. Okay. This is like teenage drama. Yeah, kind of. Where their two girls are in a couple. The third is like the mediator. And my nightmare, like I'm sweating right now a little bit, is getting caught in one of these text chains. Like I've gotten added by accident and people are arguing and having discussions over one another. And I am crying in the corner like I don't want to be here. 
why did I get involved in this? I have done this several times. Why? Just make it stop. I never wanted to be involved in your relationship. Well, if you are involved, let me take it as a compliment because it means that you're a good mediator. I have been involved as mediator, but like trying to get two people to talk to each other. I have done it many a time. It means that you're a good middle person that like is reasonable. I'll take that as a compliment then. So if you're there, you're there for that reason. So, yeah. So then Cassandra writes to Taylor, I'm saddened that you can text Ashley and not me. What's going on? Right. Are you coming home? And at this point, I was just so confused. I had to watch this part like three times to figure out who was texting who. Really? Especially the Ashley texting the screenshot of from Taylor to Ashley texting it to Cassandra. I was like, I'm just, I needed like a murder board with red string. What I really needed was Keith with little dolls, like little Barbie dolls. And they each have the first letter of their name, like the Alvin and the Chipmunks on their shirts. And then he would make the dolls talk to each other, reenacting the text. And then I would be like, okay, I'm following what's happening. What about a screen in three columns? So then you have column A is Taylor, column B is Cassandra, or column B is Cassandra, or is, um, sorry, you Ashley. You see? <laughs> no, no, no. Column A is Taylor, column B is Ashley, and column C is Cassandra, because Ashley's in the middle, and then it's in order of the texts. So you can kind of see them play out on phones. I feel like that would work. Maybe. I feel like I might need the little bubbles to bounce or move from one bubble to another bubble, like so I could see it visually traveling. You really couldn't follow this? Yeah, I had trouble. Okay. I get caught confused a lot. I get it. And when I'm confused, I reach out to my therapist. Good plan. BetterHelp can provide you with the licensed therapist in the privacy of your own home. You can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time, which I was honestly praying that any one of these three women would have done and gotten off this text chain. Hmm. So many people are using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states, including Florida, where they have, no, they don't have any problems in Florida. BetterHelp has counselors specialized in all kinds of issues like depression, anxiety, sleeping problems, family issues, relationship issues. You've gotten caught in the drama text chain and you want to scream and you don't know how to mute the conversation. Actually, call tech support for that. But everything else BetterHelp can help with. It's easy. It's completely confidential. It's affordable. Contact them today. We want all of you to start living a happier life. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Because we could all use a little. Better. Help. Help. Please stop texting me. Please don't text me. Thank you, BetterHelp. Thank you so much, BetterHelp. They're great, you guys. So Cassandra is very upset in the interrogation. You know I'm a judger. Yeah. I'm looking for tears. It felt genuine to me. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So she's wondering, did Taylor run off with another woman? Because remember, Taylor had cheated on her Mm -hmm. pretty recently. And then we learn about this night 
that sounds just as hellish to me as a oh, drama-filled no. text chain. No, no, this is so much worse than the text so chain. So much worse. This is Hellmouth. This is a night that if you were and I were involved in this night, we would talk about it for years and be like, well, it wasn't as it wasn't as bad. We as- would tell the story on Patreon and change people's names to protect the non-innocent. We would. This sounds like a nightmare. We would be hiding in the kitchen, like eating snacks, being like, why do they have no food in this house? Oh, no. I would make up an excuse like I can't drink this kind of soda. I like broke out with a rash. We would come up with a story and you and I would do the longest 7-Eleven run in the history. But or would we be sitting there with popcorn, mouths agape, just watching like I I want to leave, but I can't look away. I don't think you can be a non-active participant in honesty night. Do they drag you in and go, Kimberly, what do you think about that? No, like, they do. Katie, That's ex- whose yeah. side are you on? Guys, this is ca- this night was literally called in quotes, honesty night. Yeah. So they have been fighting a lot, Cassandra and Taylor. And Taylor says, Cassandra, come over to Ashley's house because what the F? Why is Ashley always in the middle of this? She doesn't seem that wise. They're acting like she's Dr. Phil or something and they have to take advantage of her great advice that she gives. No, she's very calm, though. She is calm. I will give her that. If the other two are hot headed, then she seems very like sort of calm and Southern and will like sort of. I could buy that. Maybe give you a sweet tea and then. You guys can talk it out. I don't know. But she's a CSI investigator. Like, she's tough, too. She is not. She was a CSI investigator. For like three months? I don't know. <laughs> More questions Did about that Did she finish later. the training? I don't know. That's a great question. Any proof. More about that later. Yeah, yeah. But that's a good little thing to put in people's heads. Just keep remembering CSI investigator. Put a pin in that. Yeah. So Taylor says, Cassandra, come over to Ashley's house. Ashley's going to mediate. And I'm going to tell you everything that's been going on, everything that I've been feeling. We're going to tell the truth to each other and have Ashley there. It'll be a safe space. Like I get like a neutral ground, you know, and it's called Honesty Night. The wor- It's the worst idea ever. We should all just keep lying to each other for our own benefits. I think they should break up. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a big statement and I know that they loved each other, but they hadn't been dating that long. No. And I feel like if you're having to have an honesty night within the first six months of the relationship. Right. And there's already been infidelity in the first six months. I don't think this is going to work. I don't I just don't know if that other person is the one for either party. I just yeah, don't. absolutely. I mean, I'm not a licensed therapist like better help, but I feel like I can say that with maybe a little bit of certainty. Also, maybe instead of honesty night, go see a real couples counselor. And like, maybe they would say, you know what, you guys, I'll pay you $5 if you break up right now. Again, we are not six months in. We are not even close. This was three months before she went missing. They had only been dating for like six months. So this is like three months in. Three months in, Taylor's already cheated and they're having an honesty night. This is three months before she disappears. So Cassandra's the suspect. They've had so much drama in their lives. But Cassandra's crying in interrogation and says, I don't know anything. I haven't heard from her. And I believed her. And the police did, too. How suspicious were you of her? Never really. I got maybe for the first few minutes, but I got a good vibe just from watching her interrogation footage. I felt I felt off. 
you felt like there was something off. Her reaction was, I couldn't tell. I was like, this is either one of two things because of like she was getting upset only at certain points in the conversation. So I was trying to pinpoint when she was like kind of getting like, and you could tell she was trying to control herself getting tears. And yeah. then the thing that really seemed to give her tears was when they asked her if she had hurt her. Right. Right. Like asked her point blank, did you hurt her? And she's either overcome by the thought of that, which seems like that's probably the case, or she did actually hurt her. And the thing that got me is the last thing we hear her say is, no, no, I loved her. And I was like, loved her. Oh, past tense. Past tense loved her. Yeah. Well, we don't know at what interview that was because they interviewed her a bunch of times. Was that still the first interview? Because they said they brought her in multiple times. So like, has it been like a week? Was she wearing the same clothes every time? I guess you'd still use present tense, maybe. No, she works at a school. She's got to wear a pantsuit. Oh, yeah, that's true. She's a principal or something, right? So she used past tense right away. She did. She did. Yeah, that's not great. I know. So, But the police believe her. They clear her. She appears briefly on Dateline and retells... The entire thing that we've already seen, including the text chain. And I almost started crying. That was really something. I wonder why they did that. Why didn't they just have her narrate it the first time? Yeah. Or why wasn't this an hour episode? Well, no, I think it needed to be two hours because this gets kind of crazy. But I just was sort of, that was very, usually they don't do that. Usually they don't have a, they usually never do because I do the recaps. So like my fingers never stop moving. They get sore and I have to stretch them during the commercials. And like literally I got to stop and rest my fingers for a few minutes because she just retold us everything that has already happened. She comes on a couple of times though. This isn't the only time we see her. We see her later as well. Yeah, we see her at the end too. Yeah. I, I, I was fine with her. I was fine with her. I liked I really her very was. much. Yeah, I did too. I felt really bad for her because- I couldn't tell how much Taylor liked her. From what we're seeing of this, it seemed like Taylor was a little bit of a wild bird. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like she was sort of... That bird you cannot tame. Yeah, doing something else. Maybe wasn't ready to settle. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's the feeling I got. So now we get Taylor's backstory. She was a foster kid as Mm -hmm. a teenager. She was taken in by this family, including Nancy. Nancy we loved. She seemed like a mama bear. She was fine, right? Oh, Nancy seemed hard as nails. Nancy oh, like seemed Nancy. like tough love. Yeah. Tough I, love. There's nothing to not love about Nancy, but she definitely didn't pull any punches. You could tell. No, she goes, she was dirty. She was oh, a ragamuffin. stringy hair. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, what else you got, mama? She was yeah. too small. She hadn't right. been fed. I took her in off the street. Yeah. But she loved her like a daughter and they yes. stayed close forever. Yeah. Taylor was really tough. She was so tough. She wore a necklace with a bullet around it. That makes sense. She's a cop. She was a great police officer and Mm -hmm. later private investigator. Keith said she handled bad guys with a plum. Got very excited. Oh, yeah. I like when Keith uses good words. Cops go to talk to Ashley, who is the last person to see Taylor. They were very good friends. Ashley's parents run a company that supplies pool tables and jukeboxes and such to bars. I did not know that was a job. Oh, yeah. We have a friend. His brother sells or rents or sells vintage pinball machines. I'm an idiot because I thought the place has just bought their own like online or through. I guess there are. They bought them from a company. I don't know where I thought they bought them from. Yeah. Or I'm sure they do a lease. The distributor. So they can, 
But think about it. If you're a bar and you need like six pool tables or two or three pool tables and like five or six pinball machines and a jukebox, wouldn't it be better to do a package rental deal from? Yeah, yeah. no, it totally makes sense. Yeah. They are a wealthy family. Yeah. Ashley works at the company now, but she used to be a CSI investigator. Her? We need more detail on that. I just. Yeah. We're just going to need some more details. Ashley tells the cops her and Taylor ran errands that day. At one point, they went back to Cassandra's house and Taylor grabbed a bag, which is very mysterious. Like a duffel bag or a plastic bag? I really needed them to be specific on the kind of bag. They did not say. Ashley doesn't know what was in the bag. Was it like a CVS plastic bag she was reusing? If I made you make a stop and you, we were driving around doing errands and we made a stop and I went inside and got a bag, would you ask me what was in the bag? I would if we if you were moving in, why are you taking something out? You see, she's moving in that weekend. Why is she taking a bag out? I thought it was drugs. I'm going to be honest. They made it seem like it was drugs or weapons because they show her carrying a bunch of weapons. So they thought maybe it was weapons. So Taylor asked Ashley to run into a convenience store and buy her a beer. So many things about this are suspect. What time of day is this? This was in the morning, like 11. Yeah, like 11 o'clock, I think. And Ashley was like, a beer? And Taylor said, it's five o'clock somewhere. And the detective who Ashley is telling the story to, who's trying to play along, laughs like he's never heard that joke before and says, that's a perfect response. (laughs) Take it down a notch. Ashley's not going to go out with you, Copper. Do you think that he has actually never heard that before? Because it seemed like he had genuinely never heard it before. How is that possible that he's never heard that? I feel like that's the kind of banter that cops say all the time. Must be five o'clock somewhere. Maybe. I felt like he's suspicious of Ashley and he's trying to keep the conversation happy. (laughs) It seemed too genuine for that. It's genuine. But he goes so overboard. If I was Ashley, I would have walked out of the room or something and been like, seriously? What are you talking about? Yeah, that's a perfect response. <laughs> is it possible? <laughs> possible he's only heard it like, is it possible that he's only heard it once? Like maybe he forgot once. about it, kind of forgot about it. And then it gets brought up again and is like guffawing because it's just. Has he never seen a sitcom? I don't know. In his life? It's an old phrase. Maybe he just, it's not the thing. And I would think in Florida, you would hear that every approximately 2.5 days. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. So my theory is he's playing along, but he goes way too far overboard and makes it weird. <laughs> he really did. He's, You're totally right. And his, his like partner's watching through the surveillance screen. He's like, Oi, take it down, George. He's going overboard again. Calm down, man. Yeah. Like, God, I told him not to laugh so hard at people's jokes. So <laughs> Taylor, turns out, told Ashley how upset she was about the court thing happening in a few days. So Ashley takes Taylor to a farm to go horseback riding to relax her, like equine therapy. What? 
It's a thing. What is this life that they live that they can just go where the horses are? Well, maybe they knew people because I normally I feel like you would need an appointment or something. I don't know. My sister lives near a place with mini horses and they can go whenever they want. Really? Even on the weekends? They can go anytime. I'm so jealous that I can hardly stand it. But that's to pet the animals. That's not to ride the horses. I feel like petting a mini pony is about as therapeutic as riding a horse. Yeah. Have you seen them? Like they got shrunk with a shrink ray. Yeah, I know. But anyways, that just seemed wild to me. Also, what seems wild about this whole thing, if she's buying a beer at 10 a.m., if you are buying it, you don't drink. But let's say you do drink and you're buying a beer at 10 a.m. I would be asking you what's wrong. And I would be asking many, many times. And she doesn't seem to be telling the police like, Anything besides, well, she had the court thing. I'm like, no, specifically, what did she say? Because there's obviously five or six things that are really bothering her here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I also feel like Taylor's the kind of girl that does just go to get a beer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that too. So afterwards, after the horseback riding, Ashley said Taylor seemed fine. She just wanted to go have a beer at a bar by herself. So she called an Uber and that was the last time Ashley saw her. Ashley doesn't think she's been harmed. She thinks she can handle herself. But we don't know what was in that bag she picked up. And she did think that Taylor was using drugs occasionally. And maybe that got her mixed up with some bad people. And she also noticed, so she, this is one of those, nothing was weird except a bunch of people were walking into the basement and head to toe latex with masks and ball gags and whips, but nothing was weird. So she's like, nothing was weird, but she was doing drugs. There was that mysterious bag. Also, Taylor had two cell phones. Don't sure why. Lori and Chad Vallow had like 35 though. So Taylor's still doing okay. But- Was she doing drugs that day? She didn't say she was doing drugs that day. No. Okay. Ashley gives the police her phone, but says, you need to look at Jeff, the ex-husband. He is a Marine. And Keith is going to introduce us to Jeff, but by giving us the exposition, he says, more history lessons. Like he's like saying, we've been giving you a lot. We're about to give you some more. It's his version of rewind. Yeah, I think he's I think he said that before. Okay. It didn't strike me. Do you think he's oh, maybe it's the first time he's used that. I liked it. So (laughs) sorry, it didn't impress Katie. That's your that's your five o'clock somewhere. He said more (laughs) history lessons. I never where did you come up with that? (laughs) Sorry guys. That was my Joni laugh. That's your five o'clock somewhere. (laughs) More history lessons. Keith gets me. (laughs) I love it. That's perfect. So Taylor and Jeff were happy in their marriage. But on their 10th anniversary, Taylor gets all dressed up for dinner. And he tells her, I want a divorce. Is that really what happened? (laughs) All I know is Taylor didn't stab him. And so she's a hero to me because that's the worst thing I've ever heard. So this is the story we're hearing from Nancy, the foster mom. So first we get her version of the marriage. Thank you. Okay, there we go. They initially, everything was okay in their divorce proceedings. They shared custody, but Taylor didn't have a steady job or a place to live. So she agreed to get let the son go live with Jeff. 
One day she was yelling at Jeff and he was videotaping her to be like, look how crazy you are. She walks over to him and pokes him in the chest and he calls the police and she's arrested on battery charges. He later drops the charges, but it was too late. Now she can't be hired as a cop anymore. No one will hire her. I guess it's hard to get hired as a cop, but it's really hard to lose your job as a cop. So when they originally got married, they combined all their finances and invested it. But she put in a lot more than him. She had gotten $100,000 from a car accident as an insurance thing. Now in the divorce, that money is still joint money because of Florida law. But she wants it back. because She's like, I brought that money to the marriage. Right. The judge freezes the account so that neither of them could touch it until it was decided in the courts. But Taylor somehow withdrew it. And Jeff was furious. And so was the judge. The judge ordered her bring twenty five thousand to the next court hearing or be in huge trouble. And this is four days before this hearing that she disappears. So people were very suspicious. Maybe she took the money and ran. Maybe she took the money. She's going to go pick up her son and then take him away and disappear. So that was foster mom Nancy's version of the marriage. To paraphrase Josh Mankiewicz, ex-husband Jeff told a very different story. Very good. He appears on Dateline. Thoughts? I feel like we're going to disagree. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like you're going to make fun of me. Oh, you were attracted to him? Yeah, I was. Oh, I, he scared the poop out of me. See, I knew we were going to disagree. So I wrote, uh, he's a little or a lot scary. I'm hoping that like when he lets loose, he's a real fun guy, Mm -hmm. but he's extremely serious and he doesn't move his neck when he walks. He walks like he's tensing every muscle in his like shoulders and his neck. He's a Marine, Katie. You're not, but you're not walking in a parade. You're just walking on a (laughs) a sidewalk here, bud. You don't, you just have an ice cream. Let it loose. (laughs) It makes me tense to watch it. Like I sort of get that feeling in my neck. Uh-huh. He was very careful with his words on yes. Dateline. Yes. But I did think that he loved her. I don't know how to. I, it was weird. I was like, I could see that he was being careful with his words because that's just how he is. Like he is that Marine through and through. But I still saw you could still see that there was emotion behind him. He definitely didn't do it. I thought he presented himself very well spoken. He wanted to present himself that way. And he did like he was very careful. He comes off as the good guy in most of his stories. Um, Yeah, which, of course, because of course, obviously. But I felt like, okay, I don't think he did it. I think he's seems okay. Okay, tell his side of the story. I was a little confused on like what the actual breakdown was. I mean, I guess we don't never know, but I don't know. Yeah, there's two sides to every story. So he says they were happy at first. On their first date, they ended up throwing knives at a dartboard, which scared me. I can't. I'm just not that cool. I would immediately think someone's going to poke their eye out. You need to stop. So he joined the Marines. She became a cop. She liked to match wits against bad guys. She loved poker and the psychological aspect of beating an opponent. They were good. They had a son. She was a great mother. But he was deployed a lot and she was forced to kind of take the burden of running everything at home, which is very hard. But it was doing great at work. She shattered the glass ceiling in the force. She was SWAT trained. Very impressive. Yeah. Eventually, though, she quit 
being a cop and the marriage started to fall apart. This is where we kind of don't know exactly what the details were, but she wanted a divorce. And his story is on their 10th anniversary. He said, I want to make this work. Let's do what we can to make this work. And she was like, nope, I'm done. So totally different stories about what happened. Two just completely weird. It's not clear which story to believe. It really isn't. You know what is clear? My skin? Your skin since using apostrophe. That's right. Sorry, that sounds really braggy. You should have let just me say it then. But it's true, you guys. 100% because of apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. And I was seriously ready to do that because it was out of control. Prescription acne treatment really works, but it's really hard to get. You have to take time off work to see a doctor. You have to stand in line at the pharmacy for your medications. That's if you can get an appointment to see a doctor until apostrophe. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll get treated immediately and your medications are delivered to your home. That means you don't have to go through all that annoying process. I don't I hate leaving my house. I just, I'm not going to do it anymore. I would love to get everything delivered, especially something like going to see a dermatologist when you're struggling with your skin. It's not a pleasant process. So doing it all online is just really great. And apostrophe makes it super easy. You fill out apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and your medical history. Then you snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. And the best part is that apostrophe offers topical and oral medications so you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. I had tried almost every topical medication available at CVS. But really, I knew that I needed an oral medication in order for it to work. And indeed, I did. I was prescribed two medications that I take on a daily basis. And within about a week, I started to see a difference in my skin. And my skin has been clear since I started taking apostrophe. Which was when? Which was over a year ago. Amazing. It's really great. Apostrophe treats acne, and they can also help your other skincare goals, like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. How dare you? I have all of those problems. Sorry. So do we all. How are your treatments going? Amazing. I love my apostrophe cream. And it doesn't irritate my skin like some creams do. So I'm really happy about that. But if it did, I feel like I could just go and tell them and they would give me something else. That's exactly right. I mean, you're being treated by a real dermatologist and your plan is being tailored to you, which also means that if you need to make changes, you have a real doctor that you're communicating with, which is excellent. So get $15 off your first visit with a board certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash date dateline and use our code date dateline. This code is only available to our listeners and it's for $15 off your first visit. Get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash date dateline, click begin visit and use code date dateline at sign up and you'll get $15 off. Yeah. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash date dateline and use that code date dateline to get your visit for $15 off. Because with apostrophe, there's clear skin for you and me. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> Apostrophe five fum. I smell the skin of a, a lovely one. I don't know. Something like that. We, get, we did it. <laughs> Thank you, Apostrophe. 
Thank you, apostrophe. So in an ellipses continuation of the story. There we go. The divorce slowly turned into a war of the roses. Jeff says, because he's the good guy in his stories, offers Taylor half his paycheck and shared custody of the son. But she didn't take it. So she was the problem behind all these court proceedings. He does regret, he said, calling the police when she poked him. That sounds bad. But it sounds petty. Yes, I meant the the poking. Oh, the poking sounds bad? Just me. Oh, yes. Yes, it does. There we go. I Yeah. Yeah, that took me a minute. Potty man. But that was bad. That was terrible. Stupid petty. And it cost her her job. But the police rule out Jeff. He was not in Florida at the time. And he's in the Marines. So his whereabouts are, you know, closely monitored. Have we ever seen a dateline with such a contentious divorce and a custody battle? And a Marine. And a Marine. And it the spouse is not the killer. No. This is unprecedented. Yeah. Crazy. Really good point. I didn't think about that. It's been more than a month since she's disappeared. The police try to track down the Uber driver that took her to the bar downtown. They try every Uber, Lyft, every taxi company. There's no record of anyone coming to Ashley's house and dropping anyone off that at that time. Can I ask you a question? At this point in the episode, did you have an idea about what had happened? Yeah. How? I just suspected someone from the very beginning in an interrogation video. You're going to be really smart. And I was not smart in this one. I was shocked. No, there was something. Well, well let's get to it right now. Yep. Thank so you. Ashley had said she didn't actually see Taylor get into an Uber and she offered to drive her. But Taylor insisted on Uber, but she never actually saw her get in the car. Also, they go to the bar that night. There are no credit card transactions from Taylor. Ashley is sus. And to me, from the very beginning, I and I don't always get it right away. But there was something. Excuse. You don't. I don't. I don't either. I don't either. But like this one, I really didn't get. I there was something about the way she was answering questions in her very first interrogation that I didn't like. Something about the way she moved her head, like something the opposite of Jeff and his no neck moving. Something about the way she was answering the questions I did not like. It didn't seem genuine to me at all. Can you read how shocked I was? Can you see my notes? (laughs) Wait a second, Ashley? No. Yeah, in huge (laughs) letters. Because I, she was the one that I really didn't suspect. That's crazy. She was the one. I thought we were about to have a, but they were now reinterested in such and such. Right. No, I guess I have better instincts than you. Yeah, you do. Because honestly, I was like, I thought her interview was so clean. She just seemed like sort of answering, really fluid answering the questions. And I was like, she's either the best liar I've ever seen or, but you picked up on something. So there was something I did not like in the way she was answering. She was too cool, calm, collected. Too nonchalant about her friend being missing. I wrote she is a cool cucumber in interview. Yeah. And her friend is missing. You can lord this over me. But the reason she was so cool in the interview is that she kept saying like she does this all. I'm not surprised. I don't think she's hurt. She's fine. I felt like the way she was talking, it was like Taylor's a little bit of a drama queen. She's taking a minute and then she's going to come back and she's worried everyone. But like that's part of her deal. Yeah. But. You were right. You can lord it. Go ahead. I had a, a something I didn't like. You I had a sixth my, sense. 
sixth sense. So police realize that Ashley and Taylor's phones don't show them going to that one farm where she said they went to ride horses, which was like 45 minutes outside of town. They go to a different farm in completely the opposite direction. And we get to see it in graphics, a map with pins. I love it. Dropping the pins. Could have used that to help during the text messages. <laughs> see, I'm not so smart. Yeah, that's a little suspicious that you were having trouble with the text messages, but yet somehow suspicious of Ashley. It was that one part. And there were three girls' names so, and I, that I had just learned. I'm not going to say anything because I see social media and everyone's always like, me too, Kimberly. Katie, shut up. And so, yes, Kimberly, you were right. It was so confusing. I was buffled. Baffled. Buffled? I wanted to say bamboozled. And then, yes, I was trying to say befuddled and bamboozled, and it came out buffled. So let's just let that lie. So why did Ashley lie about what farm they went to? Speaking of lying, yeah. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Why did she? Well, they don't know. On a hunch, and this was a really good detective work, I have to say, because I would not have thought to do that. They run Ashley's maiden name through the system, whatever system it is, to see if Ashley's family has property in this other town near this farm that they actually went to, which is such a wild hunch. But I think this family owns a... I think they know that she has like a kind of a prominent business family. Yeah. Yeah. So they run. So they run her maiden name, which is Britt. B-R-I-T-T. Her name is Ashley Britt. That is the most basic white girl name I've ever heard in my life. Ashley Britt. What were you just doing? That's my Brittany. Oh, okay. It was pretty good. Adam, if you like it, leave it in. If you don't, you're going to hurt my feelings. (laughs) I think it only works when you, if you were to see that she put her hand to her headphones. I feel like people can feel that. To the ear of her headphones. I think they can feel it. That really helps you go, oh, that was Brittany. All right. So they find out that there's a property on Brit Road because, of course, they have their own road. And it's a huge farm owned by Brittany, sorry, Ashley I'm sorry. Her name is Ashley Britt. Okay. It is, if it's a farm owned by Ashley's aunt and uncle. Yeah. And it matched to where their cell phone pings were that afternoon. So they think that Taylor's been killed and her body is on that land somewhere. I was shocked. And Ashley, (laughs) I wasn't as much. Ashley had been calling the police a lot for updates. That was another thing. Earlier, they say Ashley kept calling for updates. Nope, that didn't do it for me. And I was like, that's always really suspicious. Unless it's a mom, that's always suspicious. It wasn't to me. I was like, okay, all right. The only thing that was suspicious to me is she took half a second too long when they asked her for her phone. But then I thought about it and I was like, if they'd asked me for my phone, you better believe I would be like scrolling through my brain. Even if I hadn't hurt anyone of like, What's on my phone phone exactly? Do you know what I'm saying? Because I don't know what's on my phone. What are like the, when you open and all the pages scroll up of the web stuff, I was like. (laughs) Your web history? What actually pages I'm on? Yeah, I don't know. So Ashley has been calling a lot and they think she was calling to see what they knew. Like, Mm -hmm. are they on to me? So they get search warrants for the farm 
Ashley's house and Ashley's office. They have Ashley come into the station saying, you're getting your phone back. Well, the at the same time, three different teams simultaneously search those properties, which is good because they don't want to tip anybody off. They have canines, but we don't see them in B-roll, which I always get very frustrated by. Like, don't tell me there are puppies and then not show them to me. Dateline, huge pet peeve. Nope. Pet peeve. I don't. I didn't mean to. It just came out. Oh. They ask Ashley, why did you lie about the farm? We've been looking at your cell phone pings. And she says, she's like very deadpan. I don't know. That's weird. We did go to that farm that I said we went to. And they show her a map of where the other farm is. She said, oh, well, we picked up some stuff that Taylor had stored there. A lockbox. A lockbox? Like that's. So there's a mysterious duffel and a lockbox. We don't know if it's a duffel. It could be a CVS bag. It was right, just a bag. You yeah. don't know. Okay, but for this next part, I'm sure you didn't see some of this coming. Okay. So. Right. Well, I don't know what you're referring to. So. Oh, all right. I'll tell you when we get there. So she says, they said, why didn't you tell us you stopped at this other farm an hour away to get a lockbox? And. Ashley says, well, Taylor made me promise not to tell anyone. Oh, girl. You don't. But she's She's missing. missing. And cops are looking. And so the detective says, that's not going to fly here. Right. And she says, I gotcha. And Keith, in his voiceover, incredulous, incredulous voice, he goes, I gotcha. Yeah. He seems affronted. That's a strange reaction to getting caught in a lie. Yeah. So good. So police say the day after Taylor disappeared, her phone stayed with Ashley's phone. And so they're like, Ashley, why is her phone with you at your house hanging out with your phone? And Ashley's like, "Okay." And police say, well, why was she with you or why did you have her phone? And Ashley says she wasn't with me and I was unaware that I had her phone. Girl. Girl, like the jig is up. Keith reminds us of the thing that I had forgotten, which made me laugh so freaking hard, which is that Ashley worked in CSI. Right. I died. She worked in CSI. She doesn't know how cops solve crimes. She doesn't know about cell phone pings. I think worked in CSI means she did like one very specific job. Like she redecorated the office of the CSI people? No, like she filled out. She was like a metadata enterer. So she like just filled out spreadsheets of information. She never looked at it. She had headphones in the whole time. You have to pick up just by talking to the CSI people. Some of their wisdom must run off on you. Girl, after this, I'm not sure how bright. Ashley is. Ashley is really dumb, you guys. Maybe so. I Sometimes I'm like, oh, she's wily. And then at the same time, I'm like, she's actually also not good at crime. She's just yeah. really not good at it. Really not good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you should be better at something, but you kind of suck at it? Yeah. Like, or in something you feel like you should know a lot about. Like, I feel like I should know a lot about food because I love to eat, but I actually am terrible at cooking. Hello, fresh. I am not a good cook. No, I have many flaws and that is one. But Hello, fresh makes cooking easy, fun and affordable. 
And the best part is they can help you get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. In fact, they even have meals ready in 20 minutes or less, like their lightning prep recipes and quick breakfasts and lunches, which leaves you much more time in your day to do the questionable things that people on Datelines do. And let's talk about money, which is one of the main motives on Dateline. If you can avoid money problems, you are less likely to appear on Dateline. True. HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store and 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal with all of the deliciousness. I do their vegetarian meals. This week I made the creamy pesto grilled cheese ciabatta with potato wedges. Yes, ma'am. Which are fancy fries, which was amazing. And next up is the salsa verde enchiladas, which is one of their Hall of Fame recipes, which I think means I get a trophy when I make it. Probably. Yeah. Maybe a ribbon. Yeah. For cooking. But it makes it easy. So I don't even feel like I deserve a ribbon. I'm like, oh, I did it. I did it. It's done. And I did it. What about like a T-shirt? I did it! Exclamation point. Done. I did it! Go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline 12 and use code Dateline 12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Whoa. It's so many meals. HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline 12 and use code Dateline 12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, and there's a reason why. Deliciousness, easiness, it's not a word, affordability. How about freshness? <laughs> the thing that's in the title? The titular freshness. The titular freshness? Ring, ring. Hello. Fresh. <laughs> Thank you, HelloFresh. Thank you so much, HelloFresh. The freshiest. Oh, and if you make anything on HelloFresh, send us pictures on on social media because I like seeing them because they look so delicious. Ashley is denying that she did anything to Taylor. The cops are saying, we're going to find her, so you should just tell us. And Ashley keeps denying, saying, I don't know where she is. And she keeps sticking with the, I don't even think she's dead. She's a tough girl. She can handle herself. But she says it in a very convincing way, or at least to me. I was totally bamboozled. She was very calm. I would have been more defensive if I was being accused of a murder, I have to say. But some people maybe are just naturally that calm. The investigators, as they're talking to her, keep texting the guys on the three properties saying, did you find anything? Like, can we arrest her? Please tell us you found something. And the investigators keep saying, no, we haven't found anything yet. So at this point, Ashley asks for an attorney. So they have to let her go. They didn't find any proof that Taylor was dead. So Ashley leaves the station. But 10 minutes later, oh, man. at the farm, they find the top of a human skull sticking out of the ground in concrete and potting soil. So they dig, they find a skeleton, and they find Taylor's bullet necklace. She was killed with a gunshot to the back of the head, quite ironically. My God. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, so they arrest Ashley. But they wonder, did she have help? So they bring in her husband. Sorry, this next part confused me a little bit. They say they arrest her, but then when we see her again, she's in a completely different outfit. I think she had time to go home and then they went and got her. Okay, thank you. This made it seem like I thought they were like pulling her over and bringing her in. And all of a sudden she has like wet hair. And I think they pulled her out of the shower. I think she went to go shower and they like they were like, nope, I don't mean literally pulled her out of the shower. Well, she kept doing that thing that you do when your hair is wet, when you're air drying it with your fingers. And I was like, you've just been arrested, girl. I know. She's like, 
She has to make sure it dries cute, Katie. I know, but I was like, it does not matter. Also, that Florida humidity will get you. I guess. Oh, it was weird. Mm -mm. So they bring in her husband. Her husband was a P.I. who worked at Taylor's firm because everyone in the story either works for the armed services or in law enforcement in some capacity. Yeah. The husband, Zach, he's wearing his sunglasses on his forehead, which I could not stand during the interrogation you know it's like that douche move they're not on top of your head and they're not hanging down below your chin and they're not even in the super douche behind your neck you know where they're sitting on the back of your neck like get you know guy fieri they're propped up in the middle of your forehead during the interrogation i was like someone is dead and your wife is charged with murder zach take off your sunglasses sir i think i know why why is this something where guys do that if they're worried about thinning hair? Because you're like you're doing friction by pushing your sunglasses because it's just a lazy thing. You're flipping them just to your forehead instead of going all the way back to the top of your head. But if you're worried about pulling hair, like, do you know what I'm saying? If your hair is thinning in the front, maybe that would draw attention to it. Because That's possible. I also think if it if they're all the way up on the top, they might think that look is slightly effeminate. That was my other thought, like a headband. Which Zach does, seems like he wouldn't like. And so he does the middle ground, which is just smack in the middle of your forehead, like steampunk goggles <laughs> just propped right there. Or it's just a lazy thing where you're just like, you don't care. So you just literally put them like an inch above like your, your eyebrows. eyebrows just to <laughs> yeah. get them. It, yeah. It's very strange. And in, my, in that case, get the kind that flip up. Get the kind that are glasses and then it flips. Do people wear those? Cool people. What's more offensive, though, the mid forehead or behind the neck? Sorry, I think Guy Fieri does both, number one, because I've <laughs> seen Guy Fieri have them on his forehead before. Nothing against Guy Fieri. I know he does a lot of charity work. But he has a lot of gel in his hair. He has product. So I could see him not wanting to put the, the things on his head because it would make a dent. It would make a dent and it would make the lenses maybe greasy and then yes. you can't see through them. And if they're expensive. Yeah, you're not doing that. I think neck is worse. Behind the neck is worse somehow. Like what are your back of your neck can't see? Back of your neck is squinting. Sorry, I don't know how you do that. I don't even know. You have to take them off and flip them and reverse them and put them on. Yeah, your... that's extra steps. Why not just put them on the collar of your shirt? Just right there. Oh, I've done that before. That falls out like crazy. Not if you were a dude with like not a V-neck shirt. If you're just a dude wearing a regular T-shirt. I've done it in regular T-shirts. It falls out. I do it all the time. It doesn't fall out for me. How's it not fall out for you? I don't know. It doesn't fall out. I'm not stooping a lot. Okay. I don't I don't like this conversation. That makes me feel like I have a weird neck. No, I don't think it's about your neck at all. I, I have think a weird you just bend down a lot. I yeah, I'm very active. active. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're you futz and putts around a lot and I'm just like sedentary. That's why we're a good team. So yeah. wait a minute, what were we talking about? It was important before the sunglasses. Oh, the husband. Yeah. I liked the husband, though. He seemed very shocked that all of this was happening. Yeah, I like they call him. They're like, we've just arrested your wife for murder. And he goes, what? I know. I don't think he knew. And I thought for sure he was going to be in on it. Someone wrote to me who has some inside scoop on the town and actually knew some of the people involved. And they thought that he was involved. But why help move the body? That's just what they always thought. So I think that's what a lot of people in the town probably always thought. Well, of course they did because they were married. I would think that. 
But he did a great acting job. So he says, I don't know anything. I didn't do anything. And he was at work at the time of the murder. So he's clear. But then he also says, do you think that I would, if somebody asked me to do that, man, I'd be out of there. His whole reaction. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> or is it too much? Instead of just saying no, he does like a whole, I wouldn't do that. I would walk. I would slap the person in the face. We need to see if he did any musical theater in high school. I'm going to need. Can you ask the person? <laughs> I would take off my glove and <laughs> backhand them across the face and challenge them to a duel. Say, no, I won't help. Shan't help you. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Ashley has a cousin, Kyle. And Ashley was calling Kyle a lot that day. So they bring in Kyle and they talk to this poor kid for seven hours. He's like, no, I didn't help. I don't know what you're talking about. Kyle was struggling. He has no clue what's going on. He's like, how did I get involved? Ashley's my cousin, but like we don't hang out or anything. Like, why am I here? Probably wet himself. I felt really bad for Kyle. I Sorry, did Kyle. So the police finally realized he's totally innocent. The reason Ashley was calling him so much because she wanted to make sure he wasn't at the farm that his parents owned. That didn't sound right to me, though. I think that seems right. She's like, are you coming home yet? But she had to call him multiple times to ask him that question. To make sure plans don't change. Maybe he said, I'm maybe going to go hang out with my boys at the mall. I'm not sure. OK. Are you trying to imply Kyle, pork little Kyle, is involved no, I don't know what Kyle knew. I'm just saying they they were saying that she had called him around the time multiple times. And it seemed like after as well. It just it seemed like there was a little more to that story that maybe we didn't get. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. She also kept calling the police for updates to see if they knew anything. So maybe she was calling Kyle for the same reason. She may have been calling Kyle to see if he had found the body. That's what I'm saying. Hey, what's going on? Has any has any anything happening? And Kyle's probably so confused. Like, why do you keep calling me? Yeah. How are your parents? Anything new? Yeah, except we've never communicated. I think Ashley has a crush on me, guys. You guys, my hot older cousin has a crush on me. Oh, no. I don't know how old Kyle is. I'm, I'm picturing he looks like a teenager to me. I'm sure. Yeah. So they realize that he is innocent. They release him. Ashley goes to jail, but she quickly gets two fancy, well-dressed lawyers that are probably very expensive that are father and son. I love a father and son attorney. Yeah, team. I love a team. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's out on bail quickly. And Keith says, what to do? Like he's posing the question to the audience. What to do? So it turns out a bit before the crime, Ashley was accused of another crime, uh -oh. stealing from her parents' business clients. So they have another attorney charge her with those crimes so she'll go back to jail. Why? The family was very upset that she was out on bail. I think that was part of it. They were extremely upset that she was walking around. So it turns out Ashley had stolen $14,000 from one of the bar owners that her parents' company rents out the machines to. That's a lot. It's a lot for a bar, like a business, a small business. That's a, so much money. So the owner asked to meet up with her. Ashley doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. So he drives over to her office. And when he gets there, he finds that Ashley's office is on fire. My God. 
horrible fire. There's the B roll is like it was a bad fire. So they think was she trying to dispose of records of her stealing stuff? Was she going to file an insurance claim for fire damage? Probably all, right? All of the above. This was when I was like, okay, she's wily, but also not that good at crime, for, especially for being a CSI, maybe decorator slash da- data entry. She's found guilty of fraud and racketeering, but not guilty of the arson. But it's enough to put her back in jail until they can get her on trial for the murder. So the trial for Taylor's death starts. The prosecutor puts everyone in the stand who was a suspect to show, sure, there are these other suspects, but I'm going to show you, jury, how great they are and that they didn't do it. So the the jury gets to see Cassandra crying and see that it's not her and see Jeff and see Ashley's husband and poor cousin Kyle. So Ashley, she's gone gray in prison. Yeah. And you can tell she does not like it. Oh, really? You think? I felt like she was not happy about it. And she took pride in her appearance. She's always my favorite thing. Yeah, she was very put together. Yeah. I love a a prison make under. Yeah, you do. I I spitefully love a prison make under. So they show that Ashley is cunning and heartless. They put on three friends of hers on the stand that say that the night before Taylor went missing, she asked how much cocaine would it take to kill someone? Then she had one of the friends drive her to a club where she bought $250 worth of cocaine. And she told them she was going to put it in Taylor's beer. So these friends, of course, went to the cops and said, our friend is trying to kill someone by putting cocaine in their drinks. Except, no, they did not do that. Did they think that she was kidding? But they went with her to buy the drugs. So it goes beyond a joke at that point, right? I mean, they were also using the drugs. She just bought a lot of it. And then they probably thought in their head, well, she's just passing that off as a joke. That makes me feel better about the friends. Like maybe they were on drugs and that's why they weren't making good decision making skills. No, no. I think that this is the conversation is her being like, how much cocaine do you think it would take to kill someone? Like that was the joke. And they sort of passed it off that night. They had some fun did their thing, went home. And then I think it's one friend that she contacts the next day to tell the story about the beer. But that night she says the thing, I'm going to put this in Taylor's beer, which was the same night as how much cocaine would kill someone. So I think that that happened after they had done drugs. Yeah, then that makes sense. They probably felt kind of brave. And so she's just letting all the secrets out. Right. That makes sense. Do you think there's any part of them, if they were using drugs, then thought that maybe they just made it up in their head? Like that she hadn't really said that until the murder happens. And then they're like, oh, crap. Well, the next day she told one of them, I did put the drugs in Taylor's beer, but she spit it out. She said it was too sour. She could taste it. So the next day when they are sober, they hear that she did try to put drugs in someone's drink, which is horrible. Ask Emily Valentine on 90210. With euphoria. Oh. That almost destroyed Brandon's life. Oh, what? I'm sorry. I don't know. She was not well. Sorry, Kelly. Sorry. Who did it? Emily. Emily. Sorry, Emily. Troubled guest star. Do you think that they're... (laughs) That's a great name. Troubled guest star number three. (laughs) Do you think there's any way that... I'm just trying to give the friends a break. Like, do you think that the conversation... Yeah, I don't know why. I don't think they're good people. 
because I feel like the conversation could have happened multiple ways where she was like, I'm going to put some cocaine in her drink. How much do you think would kill her? I don't want to kill her. I'm going to do a joke and put it in her drink. And then it's like, how much do you think would kill her? But it was in the context of I'm going to play this prank on her. I'm going to drug her without her knowing, which is also a horrible thing. Horrible to do, thing to do. But a lot less sinister than I'm going to murder her. I'm sure I feel like it was phrased in such a way or Ashley is a mean rich girl and these friends are scared of her. That's more, I think, more on the nose. OK. And they might be scared rich girl or mean rich girls, too. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I don't know. But I think that's more likely. Also, these girls are like 30, right? Yeah, that was a weird thing. At 30, you don't know that you're not supposed to drug people as a prank or to kill them? I guess not. Florida. Florida, Katie's whispering. She started it. She said Florida first, but I'm agreeing with her. Okay, good. Florida. So they show the cell phone records. They show how Ashley lied about where being on the farm. And they show that the body was found covered with cement and potting soil. And they have Taylor on surveillance at Home Depot buying cement and potting soil. And that's it. Like, literally, that's all she's buying. It's not a Walmart kill kit. It's a Home Depot. Yeah, it's not. This was, I believe, the day after the she went, dis, she disappeared. Yes. The day after she disappeared, Ashley's on video. Again, worked in CSI. She's on surveillance buying cement and potting soil. And I'm guessing... She paid with a credit card, and that's how they knew that that's where she was. So, sweet Lord, why would she do it? For the oldest motive in the book, money. Taylor was trying to hide the money from her ex-husband, Jeff, for that court dealing she got. She snuck that money out because she wanted to keep it. Because she got that 100000 from an accident settlement. So she thought she was rightfully entitled to take it back. Not but... rightfully by the law, but rightfully morally. That's what I mean. So, yeah. She thought it was hers. And so. Yeah. And they were in court over it. So she took it out. She gave it to Ashley for safekeeping because Ashley is everyone's go to. Yeah. So they started a joint bank account, Ashley and Taylor, to hide the money. A joint bank account? Yeah. Ashley was supposed to go to the bank and get the money and give it to Taylor that day. And she had already put it off a couple times. And finally, Taylor was like, Ashley, I have to have this money back or I'm going to be in so much trouble with the judge. Like I could go to jail. I need this money back. This isn't funny anymore because Ashley kept saying, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. But Ashley couldn't pay it back. She had already spent it. Twist time. This part. I was surprised. Did not see this coming. Oh, good. One part you didn't. She was spending money on A man she was having an affair with, Brandon Beatty, (laughs) the owner of a Styx Billiards and a convicted felon. She was a sugar mama with Taylor's money. She bought him a motorcycle and a boat. A boat. And supplies for his bar from Sam's Club. (laughs) The last one's a little less romantic of a gift, but whatever. Also... Him, his scratchy 
Amish beard and sparse Caesar haircut felon having but is worth killing for. Also, didn't she already take how much was the other money that she had stolen from people? $14,000? Yeah, but that's not enough for a boat. So Taylor gave her $34,000. Mm-hmm. And then she had the other four. This girl has like a... She spent literally all of it. No, I would say 95% on Brandon. Yeah, because the boat was... The boat was thirty grand. The motorcycle was eight grand, And I'm guessing she spent two grand at Sam's Club. She spent a t- almost all the money on this douchebag felon that you're... Che- Ladies, raise your standards. It's almost pathetic that this gorgeous married woman, Ashley, is jumping through hoops for this loser. Some girls love a bad boy. They love a bad boy. You apparently love a soft-spoken, scary Marine. Sorry, he's not scary. He's just, he's very serious. Yeah. He's intense. Intense. The defense team says there's no physical evidence. And I was annoyed. I was like, what do you call that the phone records show that they were on this farm that the body was found at that is owned by Ashley's family and Ashley lied and said they were at a different. But that's not physical. They need they mean like it's not. It's all circumstantial. They have no DNA or anything. They say it's reasonable doubt. They say you may think Ashley you might think she's a no. How did they do that? You might think she's a liar, a thief, a cheese, (laughs) but she's not a murderer. They say, basically, you may think Ashley's a liar, but she's not a murderer. But she's all the other things. Yes. A cheese. Definitely a cheese. So they say also that she isn't physically capable of carrying Taylor's body over a fence and burying her. And to prove that, her chiropractor takes the stand. If your chiropractor is your star witness, your case. Yeah, you're in trouble. (laughs) She, he says she was having trouble with her back, lifting things, etc. He said traveling. Traveling. Was one of the examples. And I was like, traveling? We see her horseback riding, so she's not in terrible shape. Traveling. Like with a basketball? I didn't know. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so no one at the farm saw anything. No blood or anything like that. And then the best part that was so funny that was like the vegetarian defense The defense team goes, they're talking to Keith. The concrete found at the body was coarse with pebbles. And so they put the Home Depot worker on the stand. This poor Home Home Depot worker. He looks so not thrilled. Very unthrilled. Did not want to be there. He's like, how did I get dragged into this? I specifically chose to work at Home Depot because I was told there would be no murders. Right. And I helped this lady get concrete and now I'm in a murder. Okay. Is it the guy who's pushing her cart? There's somebody who's pushing her cart out of the store. Is that? Oh, my God. I wonder if it's the same guy. He's maybe an expert on concrete or maybe just the checkout person that helped her with the cart. So he says, well, the kind that she bought is fine dust. And so Keith is sitting with the defense attorneys and he's saying, are you trying to say that it was different concrete? What a coincidence that someone buys concrete and potting soil and then a body is found buried 
in concrete and potting soil. And the lawyer is like losing his cool and is like, the concrete wasn't fine like dust though, Keith. Pebbles. It had pebbles, Keith. Uh, like losing it. Like the vein is about to pop out of his You're forehead. You're making me look like a fool, Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> pebbles. 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 Fine like dust. And then there was a whole conversation on Twitter that was going on about the difference between cement and concrete and how like one thing is the dust that you mix with pebbles and stuff to make the other thing. So what it could be sold as a fine dust and then you mix it with stuff and then it becomes like that thicker stuff with the rocks and the pebbles. But these guys, these fancy lawyers are yeah. not going to know, know that. And no. so I didn't know it. They I learned on Twitter. They were so excited. The pebble discovery. It was their water shoes moment. It pebbles. was. It was their. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. it. No. But Keith wasn't buying it. No. So then they say, well, those three friends that said Ashley talked about giving Taylor cocaine, they admit they never actually saw the cocaine, which goes against Katie's theory that they were doing the cocaine. Yeah, I would probably say I never saw it either. (laughs) I don't care if they saw it or not. And that's the stupidest excuse. She's still saying she's going to put it in someone's drink just because they never actually saw it. But they're all three conspiring and making up this story. None of these are good defense theories at all. Yeah. Any. It doesn't any matter if they actually saw it. No. Ashley had that plan in her mind, which is intention. The problem is she said it. It's not that you saw it. So the defense says this one, this is dumb. Her family was rich. She didn't need Taylor's money. How many Datelines have proved that that's not true? Right. Rich exactly. people never kill anybody. No, that's fine. Just because her family's rich doesn't mean they're giving her their money, mm-hmm. especially not if she's going to give it all to Brandon, the felon who runs the billiards mall. How pissed is that husband with the sunglasses about Brandon Beatty? He is so angry. I am rooting for the sunglasses husband now because unless he helped move the body. She has a kid. She's a mom too, little kid. And I heard more about that, but I probably can't say it. Tell me right now. Oh, also, I can say this part. Sorry, I just gave Katie some off the air foot, some off the air goss. I also heard that the parents, Ashley's mom was threatening to take Ashley's house away from her all the time because she actually owned the house that Ashley lived in. That was my thought is when they used the family had money defense, I was like, there's absolutely no way because she wouldn't be in trouble with the clients for the $14,000 if her parents were still bailing her out or giving her money. Yeah, it's just a horrible excuse. They say she was spending all that money because it was actually her money. There's a twist you didn't see coming. Apparently... She had loaned Taylor a bunch of money a long time ago. And so she was just spending the money that Taylor owed for. She was just taking back what was originally hers anyways. So it's fine. Wow. So Keith asked the lawyers, what are your hopes at the end of the trial? And the lawyer said that she's found not guilty. Like, Obviously, Keith. Does the dad speak once or is it always the son who speaks, by the way? I know he they at one point they build off of each other. They did? Okay. I thought it was more the dad and who he seemed annoyed by Keith. Oh, okay, never mind. He didn't seem to like Keith and like Keith's questioning. Yeah, because Keith is not on your side. 
Keith thinks Ashley did it, as does the rest of the world. Yeah. Also, he's a reporter for a TV show, so he has to ask questions like, what is your hope for the outcome of the trial? You're not supposed to go, that she's found innocent, duh. Okay, so it's time for the verdict. I do want to talk about the lawyer's hair briefly, but or the judge's hair. I don't know if you noticed. I didn't. Okay, it was... The lighting was not great and made everyone who had blonde hair in that courtroom look like they had yellow, almost spray painted green, yellow cheese hair. And it wasn't just the judge. It was like the lady doing next to her, one of the ladies in the audience. Oh, God. There was a lighting issue going on. But a lot of people on Twitter were making fun of just the judge. And I was like, you guys, I don't think it was just her. I think it was a lighting thing. Don't make fun. She's a judge. And she's a judge. Have some respect. They find her guilty. Ashley blinks a little, but quickly composes herself in strict contrast to Cassandra, who's sitting behind her. Oh, so good. Sobbing. Over the shoulder shot that almost makes you cry because it's you like you can feel the emotion. And she's staring at the back of Ashley's head. Yeah, you get her, girl. Mm -hmm. You send her those vibes. It was a great moment and a perfect shot. Perfect shot. Ashley gets 25 years to life. Why? 25 years to life? Yeah. She could be out in 25 years? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's bad. I was upset. Murder doesn't carry as long of a sentence as you think it does a lot of times. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. There are different like elements to it because she used a gun. Apparently, this was what people are saying on Twitter because she used a gun. There are different rules because of that. She got first degree murder. At least she can't get paroled until 25 years, 25 years. They said it's a minimum 25 year, like ma- like a mandatory minimum 25. I mean, we've seen people murder someone and get like 12 years. But normally they've cut a deal if they're getting something like that. I don't remember one for 12 years without them cutting a deal. Am I wrong? I could be wrong. Sometimes if they were like involved in the murder or they get second degree murder or manslaughter or something. But I haven't seen like this, like a point blank execution for money. 25 years minimum mandatory seems light. That's all. I feel like you should be going away for life, period. Florida. Apparently. Maybe. I don't know family with money yeah everyone misses taylor even her ex he wished he said my wish was that she would we could become friends again eventually and dance at our son's wedding i loved that daydream you could tell he had like thought about it that like someday they would be past these troubles and like they would share this moment again yeah that made me sad yeah and that's it for this episode that's all folks we have a promo for you from Malice. Ooh. Malice. Ooh. Malice. Sounds like a Dateline word. Malice is hosted by Ariel Cooksey, and she delves into the psychological, psychology, so psychological psychology, social, social sociology, environmental, family dysfunction, neurobiology, and extenuating circumstance that create violent offenders. Wow. That sounds fascinating. So basically, when we just speculate things on the show, I feel like she actually knows. About it. So this is a podcast brought to you by science. Yeah, like all the sciences, psychology, sociology, neurobiology. How fascinating. Seriously, that's incredible. 
like what's different in killer's brains i need to know and the family dynamics i want i love all that stuff yeah because you said it's environment too right they, they Envi- talk- environments yeah, yep love it. like is it nature is it nurture yeah so interesting so everyone check out malice Predators. Their acts are evil. We call them monsters. We say no human could perpetrate the crimes they have committed. But in truth, only human beings execute these horrific acts. And if you're like me, you want to know why. To find out, join me, Ariel Cooksey, on my podcast, Malice. As a social psychologist, I dig into the psychology, sociology, neurobiology, child development, trauma, and other factors that come together to create malicious offenders. Find Malice wherever you listen to podcasts. That sounds great. Check it out, guys. Thank you, Ariel. So did you have any B-roll bonanza? I had a little bit. Okay. The cops. Where are the detectives? What is that bricked corner of a soundstage? Alex, I'll take faux brick warehouse for a thousand because that is not a police station that I've ever seen, but I haven't been inside of a lot of police stations. So it was like they took a soundstage or a warehouse and put up some brick some wallpaper. No, it was actual brick, but they like taped up taped up pictures of the crime. But tape does not stick well to brick. I don't know what kind of tape they're using. It must have been hardcore because double-sided scotch is not sticking to brick. No. Mounting mounting squares might stick. The super heavy-duty mounting squares. Or you can take, oh, you got to be like really careful, but little tiny nails, the little tiny ones that are super short. Into the brick? If you're just tap, tap, tapping, you can kind of get it to stay. That scares me. I feel like the whole wall is going to crumble. You don't know a lot about brick, do you? No, I do not. Okay, that's cool. Like bricks are sturdy. I've already said I learned a lot about cement and now I'm learning about brick, you guys. But you also knew that she did it. This is my mortar and I am getting an education. You know that, but you knew early that she did it and I did not. Why are they there? They couldn't go to, they couldn't film in the police station for some reason. And I don't know why. Honestly, like it looked like the best fake police t- detective setup. I've ever seen because a real detective agent, like not detective, detective, like setup, like their their offices, I feel like are boring and not as cool as we see on TV and would be disappointing. But this looked like one you would see on a TV show. It did. And so it also begs the question, I think that that certain like police stations you can't film in. Yeah, that's really true. Also, a lot of this is done during COVID. So these late these newer episodes are done over Zoom and stuff and like remote camera crews and stuff that go out. It looked too good. It looked like a law and order or something. It was very cool. So it begs the question. I don't know if you saw later. We it's too cool to be real. That it was. Did you see that later, though, we see one of the detectives in what looks like a home office? And that was decidedly oh. not cool. It had like bins of stuff which is what they normally would look like just messy stacks of paper and like food takeout containers and just 
unimpressive. It looked a little bit like a converted garage. And I wanted to be like, what? Where are we now, guys? What's happening here? That's where his wife makes him work out of like because she's sick of the papers being all over the house. But he has this really cool office that is obviously fake because it was way too cool. It was very fun. That's like it's the kind of place where you're like, come to my loft and that's what you're expecting. And then you go and it's nothing like that. Nothing like that. But you hear loft and you're like, it's going to be really cool. All exposed brick. It's so cool. Yeah. Very fun. The one B-roll that kept getting to me is I was like, when are we going to see the Walmart trip? Because before, and I don't know if you can see this on your DVR, but in every commercial, before every single commercial, they show that clip of her with like the cart in the Home Depot checkout. So you obviously assume it's a Walmart because it's Stateline. And it's literally in the last 10 minutes, seven minutes, but they show it before every commercial. And so I was like, who is that? And what are what's happening? Like at the beginning, I was like, oh, Taylor's alive and she's buying stuff for her like escape. I did I clearly did not think Ashley did it. So I was trying <laughs> to figure out what that Walmart footage was that turned out to be Home Depot. That's what I got. Let's do fashion police. OK, there wasn't that much, I guess. Shorts, lots of shorts. Taylor also was a fan of the knee length shorts and tank tops and always had those sunglasses on, too. Just like that husband. But she had him on her forehead all the time. Even one photo is like at a very nice dark restaurant where they're like they're they're sitting in front of a birthday cake with candles and she still has the like glass sunglasses on her forehead. Oh, I do that all the time, though. I feel that I do it all the time. And someone's like, you take your glasses off. And I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Ashley lives in tank tops, shorts flip-flops. I think that's her standard uniform. I don't blame her. She has a good figure and it's Florida. It's Florida. I think it's just hot. I was looking for the flip-flops so hard because the first time I saw the convenience store footage, I thought she was barefoot. And I was like, in Florida, they go into convenience stores barefoot? Like like, like Brittany, unfortunately, during her bad times. Oh. Where she went into a gas station bathroom barefoot. And yeah, and so I'm so sorry, Brittany. But but I rewound and I looked really closely. And I could see straps. On oh, okay. the, so I was like, oh, she's wearing. OK, good. Thank God. Anything else with Fashion Police? Any brands unhappy besides Home Depot? Horses? The horses get a bad rap? Therapy horses? I hope not. Florida CSI training facilities? <laughs> Definitely. Wait, I have a quick question, like a logistics question about this crime, though. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. OK. I got lots of theories on Twitter. Oh, you did? Okay. So here's the problem. So what was Ashley lying about exactly? Like she was doing errands with her all that day, but really the main point of the errands was so that they could go to the bank to get out the $34,000 that Taylor had deposited in their joint checking account. That was the main errand that Taylor needed done. We don't know if that part about going back to the house for the bag was true. Maybe the bag was for the money, but I would think she would get it in check form. But was the whole thing a lie? The bag thing, we don't know if it was true. Right. We don't know that anything she said was true. We know that they went out for errands. We do know that because Taylor told Cassandra that. I'm leaving. And the cell phones move. And the cell phones move. But the errand was to go to Wells Fargo and take out the money. Right. Because it was four days from that court. So in regards to 
how did Ashley move a body and why there was no blood or anything like that. Couple theories. People did think the husband might have helped because he had an alibi for the time of the crime, but that doesn't mean he had an alibi for the entire, you know, she might have taken a couple days. It was a rural enough area where she could have, it could have happened over a two day period. Some people thought, because they said, how could she get her over the fence? Because there was like a fence. Because it didn't actually happen on Ashley's farm's property. It was right over the fence. It was right over the line, right. On the other people's property. There was a fence right before it? That's what they said, yeah. So some people thought, well, she said the money's buried there, takes Taylor there. Taylor is starting to dig. Why in the world would the money be there? She buried it for safekeeping. Instead of keeping it in the bank, in the joint bank account that they formed together? Yeah, she's, that's why she said I hadn't given it back to you because I was worried about the bank. I took it out. Something stupid. Or just said, I have to show you something. Let me show you something. There's really something cool on the neighbor's property. No, I think you're exactly right, actually, because remember, she says she came here for a lockbox. I think she was trying to, in her mind, set up some sort of scenario where she had come for the money and then had been killed later for the money. Okay. All right. Keep going. That's basically it. Okay. So people don't know how she got over the fence. Well, they just, she went there willingly with her. She wasn't dead at that point. And then at the spot, she killed her. That way she doesn't have to move her body at all. She has such a bad back. Yeah. Well, the only reason the bad back theory holds up is because that guy is pushing her cart with the cement and the potting soil at Home Depot. That stuff is so heavy, though. I would get help with that, too. So we think the husband came back. I'm sorry. I don't know why we're not looking at I don't know. I don't think the husband had anything to do with it. I think she went and got Brandon Beatty. Brandon Beatty has a criminal record. Yeah, that's a great point, too. He's already a felon. Maybe that that might mean he wouldn't want to do it because he wouldn't want to get in trouble again. But it was for drugs, right? That he got in trouble? We don't Did know. Did they say drug charges? No, they just said felon. Oh, I Convicted really wish felon. we had more information on that because he would make the most sense. He would also make the most sense to have the drugs. Yeah, but she did go to the that club to get the cocaine. It's a very strange tale. There's a lot more to this that I would like to know about. Do, is there any outside information that you'd like to share at this time? No, I think I've shared it mostly. I think she spent way too much and was not a very present mother. I think that's... I was wondering how she was able to go out with her friend and run errand all days, like on a weekday, like the whole day. You can... Yeah, where are... The child. Children? Yeah, where? that's very strange. Okay, do you have any titles? I didn't really have any titles, actually. I failed spectacularly. What about Wrong Farm? Who this? <laughs> okay. What about Cementing the Truth? There we go. There we go. What about Dishonesty Night? Love it. Yeah. I'm very it. happy about that. CS, I'm an idiot. <laughs> there we go. I was trying to do something with a bullet. CS, I don't understand how forensics work. Yeah. CSI, I've never heard of cell phone pings, even though I work in CSI. It's some other kind of CSI. It's like a CS, that's the initial CSI. <laughs> I need confirmation it's like on catering that. Catering Services International. And it's like falafels and stuff. Industry Corp. Yeah, it's not what we think it is. Yeah. What did people say on Twitter? I'd like to know. Twitter me. Teresa said, I cannot wait to hear K&K's take on the mock investigation room the detectives were in. Bad brick? 
bad wood paneling? Is that a door? Where is this room? Are we back in the sex dungeon? What's going on? It really was. And it was darkly lit. Like the lighting was stupendous. Still not my yacht says is irrelevant hurricane on the bingo cards yet. Oh, man. Irrelevant. How about a irrelevant weather analogy? Yes, because they do it just for the analogy's sake, and it bears nothing, no weight on the story. I think we could just do a storm is coming and then just anything to have to do with weather phenomenons. HRC Superval 1 says, okay, so like when Josh Mankiewicz isn't hosting Friday night, there should be a four 10 second Josh clip sprinkled throughout of him on a sofa eating popcorn with some glib remark or no, she didn't faces. And then Julie said, yeah, like mystery science theater style. Yes. I think we can all agree on that. Leah says, I'm saying it worst CSI ever. Yeah. Hands down. That's life said, maybe she did. This is where I got a theory. Maybe she didn't need to carry her, you idiots. She could have easily told her the money was in. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if she's calling the people on Twitter idiots or the lawyers idiots. But she would still have to dig. What if she told her the money was there and then Taylor does the digging, digs her own grave? Yeah, I can see what you're saying. True. God almighty. Yeah, because you just trust your friend. And they were good friends. Don't take out a joint bank account with anyone. And I say that as someone who has a joint bank account with the person I am looking at right now. Have you checked it lately? Don't worry about it. It's all there. It's all good. As you stare at a rack full of shoes. Wait a minute. Okay, okay, okay. The one thing that we forgot was the hated text message chain that you hate. Yeah. Are some of those made up? Yes. Everything in the evening is made up. The forwarded message, including that too. The forwarded message, including. Yeah. All of that from like mid-afternoon on was from Ashley. And even one of the friends says those texts didn't sound like her. She wouldn't say, I just need some a few days mm-hmm. to give me my mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. She would have gone to Nancy, her foster mom, and gotten advice and like dealt with it or something. Sunny D says, OMG, Ashley is so thirsty for her super average boy toy. Yeah, really nothing to write home about. Average. A boat and a motorcycle. motorcycle. But the boat gets me. And Sam's Club, you guys. (laughs) Big shopping cart haul from Sam's Club is worth a lot. I, I, I would take it. I would love that. I would love that. J Marsh 4037, coming here to see what people say about the judge's hair. I got to go back and look. And Alba said, it yellow. Wear a mask, said the judge is pizzazz from Gem and the Holograms. Oh, wow. That's real specific. Yeah. Yeah. Liz, our friend Liz, said, do we need to start tracking the ratio of good to bad Ashley's? Ooh, very. It's like Kelly's. It's very split. There's some good Kelly's and some very bad Kelly's. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Yora Lamb said, guys, quick, guess the motive. And this is at the very beginning. Actually, money won 80%. Yeah. People guessed. The choices were love, money, or Jeff. <laughs> but for Kimberly, it's Jeff. This was a good episode. Yeah, it was a really good episode, especially because I wish you had been like me because I was like, <gasps> I just didn't know. But I, instead, I was like, <gasps> I was right. And I got great satisfaction. So I still loved it. Yeah, it had some great people. Cassandra, Jeff, there was lots going on. And then Brandon, Brandon threw me for a loop. I was not expecting no. Brandon and his Amish beard and Caesar haircut. Yeah, why was, wow. Okay, I'm going to have to look up some stuff on this because I want to know more about that. 
I want to know what else like was left out. I'm curious. I feel like there were little tidbits in here that I would. Those three friends. What's the deal with those three friends? Yeah. Why wasn't Taylor invited over with the three friends? How angry were those lawyers at Keith? Very. Yeah. Pebbles, Keith. The pebbles. He just wakes up in the middle of the night, just sweating, going, pebbles. Where did they get the pebbles? I thought that Keith did a great job as well. It was a perfectly Keith episode. Just where is Dennis? Where yeah. is he? <laughs> yeah, it's, his, it's Florida. Maybe he vacations to California. Maybe they swap sometimes across bi-coastal swap. I'm going to need a Dennis episode again soon to make sure that Dennis is still part of the team. Maybe they house swap. Would that not be funny? A vacation swap like in that movie Love Swap Hotel Swap. What's that movie? What's going on with you? What's that movie where somebody's in England and somebody's in LA and they swap? Jack Black is in it. It's like a it's like an Airbnb. School of Rock? Shallow How? No. Holiday. Holiday something? Holiday oh, with swap. Kate Winslet and Home for the Holidays. Cameron Holidays. Diaz? Cameron Diaz. Jack Black gets together with Kate Winslet, who's in town from okay. England. Maybe it's just called Holiday. I think it's called Holiday. I think you nailed it. Are you still trying to think of the name? I th- still think it has swap in the title. No, I think it's called The Holiday. The Holiday. Yeah, that sounds right. But what if Keith and Dennis... Do a bi-coastal house swap sometime. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Join us on Patreon for 90 Day Fiance finale. Recap, not finale. What's it called? Tell all. Recap. And also stay tuned for, and thank you for everyone who participated in Drag Brunch. I had a blast doing it. We were small but mighty. Thanks for coming. So great makeup she did today, you guys. It It was was crazy. It was not great. But it was yeah, amazing. I get an A plus for effort because I did try yeah. very hard. Can I post so. a picture on Patreon? No. So we'll see. Maybe. I'm not going to. Maybe. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a five star review on Apple yes. Podcasts. That would really help us out. And tell a friend about us if you haven't yeah. in a while. Maybe you know somebody that would be interested in what we do here. <laughs> what do we do here? But unsure. Just be very vague when you describe it, and then they'll either like it it's or they It's a won't. show. That's all I Oh, know. are they experts? It's a show. It's just a show for friends. <laughs> Check out Malice, though, because I have a feeling she knows what she's talking about. Science. Pure yeah. science. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. And follow us on social media. Yes, please. Day Dateline. Be safe. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. You can't take care of each other until you take care of yourself. What a beautiful way to end. Bye, everybody. Pebbles. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. Why do you think I was looking something up? Because I'm looking at my I saw, down here. Uh huh. And I thought I saw a light, like you grabbed your phone. No, the thing. What is that? It's a ribbon. I'm just holding it. She's I'm, holding a ribbon. I'm just holding it. Katie is practicing the ancient art of ribbon dancing. I'm <laughs> holding it up. <laughs> I'm folding it. I'm doing little folds. What if I saw that out of the corner of my eye and you were like, sorry, I'm just practicing my left, my counterclockwise swirls. What if I had three cats down here and I was like doing the, the toy? That would be so funny. And they were you were training them? I have not done that while we've recorded. That is one thing that has never happened. <laughs>